You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentaries Global Rankings. Good evening. Thank you for listening to episode 63 of the Saturday edition of the Nick Luck Daily Podcast. My name's Charlotte Greenway and it's Friday the 2nd of December. If, like me, you've had the radio on today, you'll have heard nothing but Christmas songs. But don't worry, there won't be any of that in this episode. Much better and much more interestingly, we're going to look ahead to the racing tomorrow from Sandown, where there's dual grade one action, before moving to Aintree, who hosts their Beecher Chase Day. And finally, we'll hear from Barry Connell, who has a fascinating runner in Ireland on Sunday. But first, a quick recap on the sales action from the Tattersall's Mare sale in Newmarket this week, where 12 fillies and mares went on to make 1 million guineas or more. The Platinum Queen made 1.2 million to race on in Japan. Saffron Beach was bought by Naj Stud for 3.6 million, with the Saudi Cup as her main target, while the predicted sales topper was the four-time Group 1 winner alcohol-free, not down for 5.4 million guineas to BBA Ireland on behalf of Yulong Investments. The surprise to this purchase was that she's set to race on in Australia instead of heading straight to the breeding shed. She'll be trained by Gay Wardhouse and Adrian Bott, and Gay spoke to Nick yesterday after expressing her delight and excitement of receiving, as she put it, the Queen. She explained to Nick what Alcohol Free's 2023 campaign is likely to be. Look, we'll sit down with the team at Geelong and, and discuss a programme, especially once she arrives and we can see how she's travelled. I think, Nick, that, uh, what people don't realise, that in Australia there are 87 races worth £500,000 and more. So 87 races in varying distances are available to a mare like her. And that's what it really is such an amazing place to race horses. We're so lucky in uh, Australia to have the prize money and the climate that you can race really all year round in, in wonderful conditions. Gay, you you don't miss much and you'll have seen that this mare's won and against the boys as well from six furlongs to a mile. Just on what you've what you've observed on looking at her where do you think she'll be best suited in Australia? Will she be best suited by sprints or will she be best suited by longer races? I would think by longer races because from my experience of European horses, and I've trained a few, uh, the, 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 the 1,200 metres, the six furlongs in England, and it's not like anything we have in Australia. See, in Australia, all our tracks are flat. They're not there in that Goodwood or Epsom or the July meeting, which... You know, England, they're all so varying and different and wonderfully individual, the tracks. Uh, and they really are a test of a horse's stamina. So the English horse arrives and he's got enormous stamina. And, uh, you know, a 1,200 metre, he'd skip over and yet you could put him over 2,000 metres, 10 furlongs or 2,400 metres, mile and a half, and they'll do it with their eyes shut. And I don't think she'll be any different, I really don't. The feature race on Saturday at Sandown is the Grade 1 Tingle Creek Chase, which sees the return of Shishkin. 
He once had the world at his feet, having won the Supreme and the Arkle, and may well still, but he has to prove he's gotten over the bone disorder that was discovered after he pulled up in the champion chase at Cheltenham in March, having never looked happy from flagfall. Nicky Henderson seems positive that he's back to his old self, and he'll need to be if he's to beat Paul Nichols's match-fit grenatine. Nichols's charge won the Holden Gold Cup with some authority under Harry Cobden, and Harry spoke to Nick earlier in the week about the potential improvement this horse still has in him. Well, I thought he was very impressed for Exeter last time. Um, Travelled really well, jumped great, and, and to be fair to him, I thought of a mark of 168, it was a pretty phenomenal performance on his um, seasonal return so I mean he, he's, he's a lot calmer than he was and he's more settled at home and yeah we were, we were, we were delighted with, um, with how he went about it So he actually is from a jockey's perspective he's giving you a better sort of stronger feel now than he, than he did before? Absolutely. I mean, I think I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain he's definitely improved from 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 what he has done. Um, obviously, the race on Saturday, if Shiskin turns up, he's going to have to be on his best form to to beat him. But I, I, I certainly wouldn't be, um, I wouldn't be shying away from 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 it anyway. Is he, is he a straightforward ride, relatively speaking? Yeah, I mean, in his younger days, he used to be quite keen and probably do a little t- bit too much. But now he's just relaxed and. He's a lot. Uh, he's a lot easier to ride from a jockey's perspective, and he's one of these horses, isn't he? I mean, it, it's easy to forget that it's it's twenty months since he actually got reasonably close to winning a a champion chase, and no one ever really talks about him in those terms anymore. Do you think we just need to pay him a little bit more attention, a little bit more respect as a horse who could win a top level prize anywhere, and not just at Sandown, for example? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the day he actually finished fourth in the champion chase, he's probably he probably wasn't beaten three lengths in the race, and um, he, you know, I probably dropped him in a little bit and and, and rode him to run well, and he certainly did that. And I, um, I was really really impressed with him. Probably after the race, a little bit frustrated that I dropped him in as far as I did, but he uh, he's certainly improving a hell of a lot, and, and he's definitely improved since then. So um, he's. Um, He's certainly a horse that's. Um, he'd be one of. He'd be definitely one of our most exciting horses that we have, anyway. There's been a lot of comment, positive comment. John Frankham heaped a load of praise on you in the paper last week about about how well you're riding this year. Do you feel like you're riding better, or is it just a function of circumstance? Yeah, well, you know, I'm only twenty four year. Well, I've just turned twenty four, so um, you know, hopefully, I'm still improving, and I've um, obviously been very fortunate to be uh, associated with the Nichols stable and um, you know I've been supported right away along, right along the way with um, lots of other good trainers as well and um, you know you know it's, it's, I think I'm almost obviously riding well at the moment but you know you just need to sort of keep it up and continue and and and, and keep the winners coming. The other grade one on the card at Sandown is the Henry VIII Novices Chase and no surprise John Bond is a hot favourite after his impressive debut over fences at Warwick. However, on ratings, Boot Hill is only £5 behind, having been hit with a £7 rise for his win at Ascot last time. His trainer Harry Fry has always thought a lot of him, but he clearly hasn't been straightforward. And so when Nick caught up with him a couple of days ago, he asked whether he thought he may now have found the key to him. Well, I hope so. Um, and this season, yeah, I mean, we've his last two runs over fences we've been delighted with. And obviously that... 
valuable prize he won at Ascot. It was it was great to to see him sort of really begin to fulfil that potential that we've always felt he's had or hoped he's had and so um obviously saturday would be another big step up um but uh, we we go there with actually probably more more experience than than the others and, and particularly obviously john bond uh, has only had the one start and they're all novices at the end of the day and sandown's a, a good good test for any horse so um yeah i think with drying conditions it's we we weren't originally going to go for the race but i just think the way it's panned out um we yeah, we're going to look forward to taking our chance for sure. Love Envoy, your your Cheltenham Festival winning mare is is set to run in the in the big handicap hurdle. Uh, what was the thinking behind debuting in, in this race? Because it, I mean, I don't suppose it was was the obvious one. No, not particularly. I mean, and and sort of making a handicap debut against the boys necessarily isn't an obvious sort of choice. But we know she goes. She's won at Sandown. Um, we've really been sort of fought our hand forced with with the ground conditions to be honest um i mean there, there aren't that well there aren't many options for her in, in level weights races against uh mares this side of christmas the program but they, they, the races pick themselves uh from new year um and and with the race at sandown on tollworth hurdle day there's a uh, so we just found that this sort of fitted in nicely with the program. It's about getting her season started on, on ground conditions that suit. And um, it'd be interesting, yes, to see her in a handicap and, and taking on the boys. But um, the alternative was to go to Cheltenham next weekend for Mayor's handicap over two and a half. But I just think we'd rather go now if we've got ground conditions to suit. So she's all, all set to, to get her campaign underway. What's her ultimate target, do you think? Well, all, all being well, um, we're hoping that she'll uh, warrant uh, a place in the Mayor's Hurdle at the festival. Um, so we've sort of been working backwards from that really all along. Um, and as I said, she can go to into Mayor, Mayor's Listed Hurdle at Sandown in January. There's another similar race at Warwick, middle of February, which so the, those races lead nicely into Cheltenham. So that's where we're hoping um, we'll be ending up with her. The other horse I wanted to talk about was was Revels Hill, whose unexposed seven-year-old is is in the the big London National. Was a good second to a highly regarded horse of Ben Pauling's at Ascot last time. Your darling, looks like you've got you've got him right where you want him, and the market hasn't missed him either. Yeah, it's uh, we were delighted with his comeback run over two five at Ascot. So. He'd won over three and a half miles uh, the last time we, we we saw him at the end of last season, uh, winning well. So, yeah, we're looking forward to stepping him up in trip again this Saturday. And he's, he's, that, that Ascot race has put him spot on for this weekend. So hopefully, um, yeah, he, he can justify his position in the market. Turning our attentions to Aintree, who host their Beecher Chase meeting tomorrow, Saturday. And we'll come to the Beecher Chase in a second, but the race before that is a grade two many clouds chase over three miles and a furlong. And this really could be a fascinating renewal. You've got Ahoy Senor trying to get back on track after he was far too keen and exuberant at Weatherby in the Charlie Hall. Chantry House, who never looked happy in the Gold Cup and was eventually pulled up. You've also got last season's Grand National winner Noble Yates, who impressed me on his seasonal return at Wexford. And another in with a shout is Sam Brown, who finished well clear of Ahoy Senor when third in the Charlie Hall. 
The tongue tie seems to have revived this horse, and his trainer, Anthony Honeywell, shared his expectations for his stable start this weekend. He's always been part of the plan. Uh, we were pleased to get that run under his belt in the Charlie Hall. Um, probably a bit more juice in the ground, which I think it will be a little bit slower at, wing, um, at Aintree. Um, plus that run under his belt. We, we sort of think this is this has always been the plan to go for a race that he actually ran in it last year and probably needed it. It was his first run of the season last season, so probably needed it a touch. But um, uh, yeah, he's sort of all geared geared for the many clouds and we, we, we think we go with there with a, a really good chance. Um, so yeah, we're, we're very happy with him. Yeah, a really good chance. I, 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 I'd be inclined in, in many respects to, to agree, even though he's a, he's a biggish price. Last couple of runs, he's posted racing post ratings in the in the low 160s. He's always a horse you've held in in the highest regard. Are you getting a clearer shot at the target with him now than in his younger days? Yeah, yeah. Things are a little bit touch with um, things are just a bit more straightforward now. We've got we've got a horse that's finally sort of realising his potential, and um, and he's just yeah, he's finding life. He's coping with life in the sort of Grade Two company. Whether we, you know, we weren't we were quite surprised with how he won at Aintree on that ground um, and that's something we've learned that um, he doesn't need he doesn't need Aidan Coleman have been saying that for quite a while really um, that he doesn't need it as soft as I think he, he does and um, and he's, he's coping with you know he's actually his form from Aintree went up a hell of a lot for his good win at Aintree on sort of good good to soft um, and he's gone up another few pounds to his run in the Charlie Horse he's come back in good form um, and he's, he's up there and a very solid grade two horse at the moment um so yeah we just you know see a course and distance winner around entry and then the ground will be fine for him and say we're, we're really we're really tuned we couldn't get him any better so you just need a bit of luck in running and hopefully if he's good enough on the day and have you had a chance to think beyond tomorrow yet and, and think how you might plot your way through the rest of the season yeah, we're, we're sort of always, i suppose something a lot of will depend on what happens uh, tomorrow but we've sort of had races you know sort of depending on which way we go we're sort of thinking entry in in the spring for him to go back there and sort of working around work back from that and you know if we weren't going the way we wanted to go but obviously still running okay we could be in the handicap he won last year probably more likely if we were going handicapping we, we go for the national itself um, this time around and if he was to win races like many clouds or maybe Cotswold chase and things like that you know and we were really getting to the top table then um we go for the, I think it's the Betfair Bold Grade One of um, the Grade One chase at uh, Aintree. Uh, it'd be nice to have a, you know, if we thought we had a real good chance, we'd like to run him in the grade in a Grade One somewhere. Um, if we were stepping up to that that level, but um, so we're sort of working back from Aintree in the in the spring and could take in something like a Cotswold chase um, after this. Just just, to, I, I suppose a lot will depend on how how tomorrow goes. Um, would you would you give him a Gold Cup entry? Not at the not at the minute, but um, just depends. Yeah, how we get on, how we, how we get on tomorrow, and um, you could take in, like I say, you could take if you were starting to think Gold Cups, and you could take in the Cotswold Chase. That'd be course experience, and then you would start thinking about making an entry. But um, we're um, we're thinking more likely our Gold Cup could be the the Grade One at entry with him. Um, but definitely wouldn't want to be. Yeah, don't want to be too negative. Like I mean, you know, just see how he gets on. Really, and um, we'd, we'd obviously dream to get him up to the top table and have a chance. But um, kind of feel like Aintree's something at Aintree might be our end of season target.
Now on to the beach of Chase, where local trainers Ollie Greenall and Josh Guerriero will be hoping their runner Jez Keel can go one better than he did in the Sefton Chase, also over the national fences nearly a month ago. The stable's been in terrific form so far this season, and Nick put a call in to Ollie to see how happy he is with the current favourite going into tomorrow. He's come out the race really well. It's been exactly a month, which I think is just long enough. He had a hard enough race at um, Aintree last time. Uh, it was a good battle and he was just touched off, but he, he seems fresh and well. He took to the fences extremely well. I think the extra distance should be perfect. He's won over three miles before and Henry just felt he was always just slightly rushed off his feet last time over two and a half. So we're fingers crossed that the extra the extra distance could, could eat some improvement out of him. I mean, given your own history with, with Aintree and your family's history with, with Aintree, your father was chairman of the race for an awful long time. Was this a horse that was bought with the Grand National in mind? Yeah, well, he was, he was, dad buys a lot of foals in France. He, he was one of them and we, we picked, he, he won a, um, uh, cross country race in France quite early on. And we always felt that, that he could be a fox hunter's horse. That's sort of dad sort of race he always likes to to have horses to go for for entry having won it himself um and unfortunately we, we missed the fox hunters last last year um so we went and we ran him in france and he and he won a listed race so he's, he's not qualified to run in the fox hunters this season either so we just thought uh, we try and keep dad happy and 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 go for the sefton and the, and the beach with him um obviously yeah we're, i'm from literally 20 minutes from the track and it's the first track I ever went to as a child and, you know, a special place for, for the family. So um, to win there would be very special. Do you think Do you think this horse was trying to tell you something? Hang on a minute. I'm a bit too good to be to be running an amateur riders race. It's no disrespect to all the brilliant amateur riders in your family and there have been a lot of them, in, including your brother and your dad. I know. I think, I think it was a double blow and I said he, he couldn't run in the in the fox hunters at Aintree then dad was delighted when he won in France and then when I, I left it a few weeks and told him that meant he couldn't run um, uh, you know this year's fox hunters he was pretty disappointed but yeah I think so I think I think if we go and win a nice race with him I think dad won't be too disappointed okay so the extra distance will suit this weekend he's he's now rated 137 he's gone up four pounds do you see this as a horse that could could go to a higher grade he is after all only six yeah, I think so. I mean, I th- he had a reasonably hard life as a young horse. These French horses, they, they start them young. So I think, you know, in retrospect, if he was a British horse, you'd sort of look at him as a slightly older than maybe what he seems. Um, but having said that, he's reasonably lightly raised since coming over. He's he's done nothing but, you know, improve and, and um, really just seems to love love um the style of racing over here etc so i think he can improve a bit whether he's whether i think you know i don't think we can get too overexcited i think the nationals probably slightly um too out of of his reach but i don't know you know you never know these horses he's definitely improving um and you know we'll just have to see and for you and and josh guerriero your training partner this has been the stuff of dreams this season it's it's really really taking off um just how how big is the operation now yeah, so we, we have we have sixty horses on the yard. Um, we we this is our sixth year now. We've been you know steadily having increased winners each year. We had thirty seven winners last year, thirty seven winners the year before. You know, so we haven't we've been slowly, slightly under the radar, but you know we've been we've been having enough winners. Um, 
just probably lacking the quality really um and this year it's really really um you know we've had a lot more winners and we've had better quality and had more runners you know nicer nicer meetings which has definitely helped our profile um i think dad's french horses that sort of systems really really helped us he buys sort of eight or ten foals every year and um in the past they've probably been sold to go to to other yards whereas now we've got the owners that we can actually buy them to come to come into the yard which has really helped um and some of our nicest horses we had a horse called a rocco run the other day for jp that looks a nice horse and obviously jess skill home public got herbie could be going to entry as well on saturday um is a nice horse as well so we just you know we just the higher class of horses definitely sort of you know helps you get noticed Another runner in the Beecher Chase, albeit at the other end of the market, is Fagan for Alex Hales and the Stowe 100 Club. Henry Kimball is one of the owners in this horse and the syndicate manager and believes he's got more of a chance than his price of 50 to 1 suggests. Look, Fagan, uh, to give you a bit of a backstory, I mean, Fagan um, is uh, connected to an umbrella of syndicates that I run for Stowe School. Uh, it's my old school. Um, we've had a lot of old Stoics who have gone on to work in racing, a good 20 to 25 people. And uh, this is the third syndicate I've run for the school uh, in celebration of their centenary coming up next year. And uh, Fagan is no back number. Um, he's part of the Stowe 100 Club that I've set up. Uh, we've got three horses in training. He's the first one, as you said, with Alex Hales. And um, we're quietly confident that he can give us a good run. Uh, as you say, he, he was ex-Gordon Elliott. He was second in the Albert Bartlett um, a few years back. He has won for Alex um, at Newbury, and uh, he was second in a good veterans race last year. He runs well fresh. Uh, we... Uh, well, we're hoping to run him at Sandown a few weeks ago, but that was abandoned. So we've decided to take aim and go for the beach uh, against the big boys on Saturday. But um, look, his handicap's come down a bit. Um, he's in good form. He scored over the national fences in Lambourne last week. And uh, we're just really excited for the run. And I think he could outrun his odds. I really do. And it would be a wonderful story for the whole Stowe 100 syndicate. Um, it would be only Alex's second runner uh, over the national fences. And for a lot of our owners who are all connected to the school in some way, pupils, parents or staff, to have a first runner at Aintree over the national fences on ITV uh, is pretty special. And finally, in Ireland on Sunday, the Queen of Jumps Racing, Honeysuckle, will look to land her fourth Hatton's Grace hurdle at Fairy House on her seasonal reappearance. Willie Mullins hasn't managed to beat her yet, but this time sends a classical dream to try and ruin her unbeaten status. That's at 2.30, but at 1.25, we may well have some future stars on show in the Grade 1 Royal Bond Novices Hurdle. And owner-trainer Barry Connell, I think believes his runner Marine Nationale, may well be one of them. I think I've, I've said we've never never had a horse like him before. I'm not saying he's the most talented horse we, 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 we've had. I mean, he's only running a couple of bumpers and a, and a maiden hurl, but the way he's won his race, he's, he's never come off He's never come off the bridle. He's never looked like coming off the bridle. He's a very quick horse. We, we, we've never had a horse that's that, that's able to do things as easily as he as he does. I, I think he's entitled to, to take his place in the grade one and, and be up there with the, with the fancied ones. Um, he jumps brilliantly, uh, which is which is another another plus. So I'm 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 expecting a massive run from him on on Sunday. Um, 
you know, I, I'd, be, I'd be disappointed if he's if he's not bang there. Was it always patently obvious to you from when you when you got him that he was a bit above average, or there was something pretty decent about him? Um, I got him from Sam Carley, who, who trains point to pointers, and it was the the second year of COVID, and there was uncertainty as to whether the, the point to point season was going to go ahead. And I bought a few horses from Sam before. Before they've before they've run, um, and we've, we've we've done well with them. And he nominated this this horse, and uh, he came up to the Curra, and um, one of our own guys rode him uh, a piece of work um, with one of our better horses, and he he was he was pretty impressive. So we bought him. So what we prefer to do is 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 to give to give those horses a you know a full a full season. So we 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 just. Um, we let him off. We let him off for the summer. We brought him back in, and he developed a sore wither when we when we brought him back in, and we couldn't ride him out for couldn't ride him out for a couple of months. And um, so, just after Cheltenham, there we started to do a bit of a few quicker bits with him, and he was he he, he was going going well, and we said we'd run him. There's a Punchestown meeting there uh, in May after the festival. I was absolutely blown away by the way he won. Like he looked like he joined in halfway. We went to went for a bumper in Killarney, um, and I just was a, a little bit nervous that it might have been a flash in the pan, a, a one-off. And um, it was only a, I think a four-horse race in Killarney, but he won by about a furlong down there. And the second horse came out and has shrank the form since. We'll give him another little break and then come back to Pontchartrain for his maiden hurl. And the race kind of wasn't run to suit him. Uh, there didn't go much of a gallop. When he turned into the straight, he you know, took off and, 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 and won easily again. And we feel he will be better in a better race, um, you know, if he has a stronger pace. Because he uh, he's such a good jumper. He relaxes well. And I think you can ride him. He's plenty, plenty of boot. Now, Barry Michael, who you refer to, is, is Michael O'Sullivan, who uh, has been plucked from relative obscurity... Uh, he's still in his early twenties. You've given him a big opportunity on a on your horses and, and a, a really good one here. Tell me why he's so good, because I know nothing about him. Okay, um, he's firstly his his pedigree. Um, he's 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 from um, the O'Sullivan family in Cork. Uh, he was champion novice point to point rider about three years ago. And then he went and did did his college degree. You know, I I, I had been watching, um, you know, riding riding bumpers and kind of had seen him riding point to points. And uh, he just rang up looking for the ride on on Marine National, um, and we hadn't anybody booked. So I said, sure, you can you can ride him. And um, I thought he gave him a smashing ride um, uh, that day. And um, he started to come in then and, and ride out a couple of days for a couple of days work for us. And we just got on well, and um, I think he has uh, he has all the attributes go go to the top. He's a great he, he's a he, he's a great temperament, great pair of hands, reads the race very well. Um, so look, I said to him, if if uh, if you're interested in turning professional, I said our job is there. Um, you know, you can ride all the horses, and I said, you know, when you get down to three pounds and lose your claim, I said I'd still be happy to use you. Uh, we put him up on Enniscary when he won the um, the Grade Three Novice Chase in Roscommon, 
And I would say for anybody that wants to look back at that race, um, he definitely didn't look like a climbing rider in that race. You know, he, he, he looked like a, a fully fledged professional. He's um he's top draw. I, I, I wouldn't um I wouldn't dream of putting anybody else up on these horses on, on um Sunday. That's a wrap for this week. I'm off to Sandown tomorrow and as much as I can't wait for the Grade 1 action, I'm just as excited to see Gary Moore's authorised speed in the first as he made a huge impression on his hurdles debut, having looked a smart bumper horse last year and he could be anything. Thank you once again for listening and Nick will be with you on Monday morning. Have a great weekend. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Mm-hmm.